Welcome to the EchoCast, episode 90. Damn. Thank you very much for uh, checking this show out. If you're still listening, it's very much appreciated. Today, we're going to do a state of the game recap. The last one of the year, apparently. We'll talk about some other gaming stuff that happened this week. Talk about a Division 2 topic that's going out on the socials. Uh, some listener questions, some content updates, and then we will move on from there. If you would like to support the po- this podcast and my other content, please check out patreon.com slash the echo cast. Thank you to our Patreon supporters for this month. Hassan, Christian, Darren, Justin, Joe, Tim, PK, and DJ. Uh, just as a heads up, I am currently doing a Division 2 Tommy the Teddy Bear plush giveaway. Um, you can check out how to enter on my Twitter, which is at Bon Diesel. Okay, so uh, I didn't explain it before, but this is a podcast about the Division franchise, specifically the Division 2, uh, things going on in the community with the game, news, speculation, all kinds of stuff. Today, we are going to kick it off with the news recap for this week, which is basically just the state of the game. Uh, So we had State of the Game 141 today. We had Hamish, and we had Drew Reckner back. Uh, He was on last week. Uh, We we had no Yannick this week, though. So if you want to see your Yannick this week, then uh, jump in the game and find the the beard. Uh, The main topic of discussion was the 6.1 release, which happened on Tuesday. Uh, They did kind of talk about, like, yeah... uh, it took a lot longer than they expected. It went on for about uh, eight or nine hours or something. They identified some issues that needed to be fixed during the maintenance, and they fixed them, and now we have the update. Um, they acknowledge that there's still bugs and stuff going on. They encourage people to report them. Uh, it seems like they do prefer the forums, even though I know they have people watching Twitter and even the subreddit. Um, and even though they've said that it's fine to use those avenues, I would still personally highly suggest, uh, going to the forums. It just makes more sense. Um, a lot of the feedback on the subreddit and on Twitter ends up turning into a non game related discussion for better or worse. Um, I, I did see a lot of commentary too, about how this patch and, and even current conversation isn't really including PVP. It's just it's kind of par for the course for this game. Again, I I respect the people who want this game to be their PvP fix. I, I think that you're barking up the wrong tree, uh, but I do hope that at some point um, they address those issues and can try to find those people uh, some type of balance in the game that's enjoyable. But for now, we don't really have any info on that. Uh, so they talked a bit about hardcore. Um, they said they are open to suggestions about it. Um, they even mentioned some people uh, suggesting that they use um, some existing mechanics, such as the water and food collection that you can do uh, in the game. You in the regular game, you use it for supply uh, to supply control points. Um, but maybe there'd be another use in the hardcore version of the game. Um, Drew also did uh, confirm that any cosmetics you unlock in the game, uh, in the hardcore version of the game, will carry over. So um, I know there's like a YOLO hat that you can get um, that is on your other characters once you unlock it. All you have to do is hit level 2. 
and um, they haven't really stated exactly what else is there. They kind of vaguely mentioned there's some um, commendations, I think, that are hardcore specific, uh, but you kind of, I guess you unlock them as you play. So I assume like hitting level 30 and some other things maybe give you a little arm patch, but um, I haven't really looked into it, but I suspect that's going to be a thing. Uh, they did clarify that the Slayer named weapon, which is the Tommy gun that shoots grenade style snowballs, uh, is found on the Hoarder NPCs and that no, it is not meant to be a meta gun and it's supposed to be for fun. I've seen topics popping up on Reddit already calling for the game to be buffed or for the gun to be buffed and just don't just just don't it's meant to be a funny collectible it is not meant to be the end all be all meta gun now i have seen some other discussions about having like a special like time limited conflict mode where the only gun you can use is the slayer and that would be kind of funny i would be more down for that but uh but yeah no come on let's get real uh, they did do something kind of interesting at the end. They um, they dropped some uh, kind of preview uh, screenshots and information about changes happening in the future. And and from what it sounded like, they're not talking uh, the future as in like episode three, title update seven. They're talking about beyond that. Um, and the big change they showed was basically an entire new gear UI. And what this gear UI does is it, show, it shows you Wow, I had a little yawn there, sorry. Um, it shows you where your your roles on your gear fall in the possible range that they can fall in. Uh, on top of that, the biggest news I think they dropped is that when the system gets implemented, um, they're getting rid of the RNG um, kind of stat budget that is currently being used in the game. So right now, if you have a, if you pick up a, a chest that has like four attributes and it has like a maxed out armor drop, those four, those other attributes are all going to be awful. And that's because this, this new, you know, this RNG system currently is set up. So, you know, if, if one thing is really good on the gear, then the other things aren't as good. So that they so there's some type of balance. Um, I get what they were doing with that. Um, there's a lot of things with Division Two that even things I didn't like, and that obviously other people don't like. That like I look at it and I'm like, I get what you're trying to do here, but and I'm sure it was cool internally and on the idea board, uh, but when things hit the road, <laughs> when things hit the real people, uh, you know, it doesn't always work out that way. So, uh, I think it's kind of a bummer. It's taken, it's going to take this long or, you know, it's going to take even longer, um, to see a change like this, which I think is really going to make a lot of people happy. It also seems like it's going to simplify things a bit because I do think the gear game is kind of needlessly, um, overcomplicated for the majority of people right now. Um, it's cool to see that they're willing to do changes this much, this big, um, now, <laughs> unfortunately, that probably means that we're going to see um, an another big change in gear, which may lead to a lot of people needing to redo their builds a bit. Um, I know that really just drives some people crazy. I kind of don't get it. If you are playing this type of game, I understand investing in a build and being upset when it's messed up. 
but that's also kind of the whole point of the game. And especially if it's improving the game in general, these type of changes are not only necessary, um, but shouldn't, you know, they're going to happen and they should happen, even if it miffs some people. My thoughts on the whole state of the game in general, I thought it was another good one. This was nice to have a dev on talking about some things, um, you know, some good info and some honest answers. Uh, I think more than anything, the, hu- the the hint of this future work was really exciting. But um, what what's really fun is seeing you can just tell Drew, you can tell they're they're cooking something up, right? You can tell that they that there's a lot coming, and you can tell that he's just burst at the seams to talk about it, uh, but they can't. So hopefully that's a hint to what's coming in 2020 um, on both of these streams, um, as well as on Twitter and stuff with all the devs and ETF members. Um, there seems like there's a lot of hype and even in my own discord, I've seen it from some people in the know that, you know, a borderline frustration with the game currently because of what they know is coming. Um, I don't know what that means, unfortunately, or fortunately, all of the people in the know who I talk to fairly regularly are very good about their, uh, their NDAs and stuff and don't give me any little hints of information which is fine i can i can wait um but it is fun to see some genuine hype from the people who know what's coming um i i know that the whole etf thing there's a lot of people who think it's a big shill program i i just i get that it it kind of is whether people like it or not simply because it's you know bringing gamers in and giving them special treatment but if you've heard people talk about how the actual etfs work out that they aren't these like fun little vacations that you basically play dev for a week and it's not fun. It's really hard work um, from the impression I'm under. Uh, Again, I I get it. You know, unfortunately some people are just predisposed to negativity and, you know, and, and and they've, you know, for whatever reason, you know, everything's a, a conspiracy and everything is, you know, got some ulterior motive, but um, at least from my experience with this franchise, since I got involved since basically the beginning, um, I, I've seen updates upcoming and come out where the the CMs and the devs and the people in the know are kind of like, oh yeah, cool, yeah, this is here now, and then I've seen other updates where they're like, no, seriously, this is freaking awesome, and it tended to be correct. So I'm hyped. I hope you are too. Um, I'm kind of bummed that I was really hoping at the very end of the stay of the game, we were going to get some type of trailer or teaser for episode three. I still think it'd be a really good idea to do that sometime between now and the next day of the game, which they announced is January 8th. Um, but at the very least that January 8th needs to be an episode three announcement. Um, it needs to be like, okay, here's what's coming. Um, if there is a lot of narrative heavy stuff in episode three, which I assume there's going to be, I obviously don't want that spoiled. Um, I think that's, you know, don't do that <laughs> like they have before. Um, but you know, if it, if it is narrative heavy and just the simple nostalgia of going back to NYC, there's plenty of ways they can get everyone excited without dropping all of the info. Um, but when it comes to mechanics and game modes and stuff like that, you know, people need to know what's coming. Um, I really think episode three is a very make or break for this game. Um, I think there's going to be a, a year or two, no matter what, 
people speculating that, that that's not going to happen. It, that's silly. When they budgeted this game three, four years ago or more, Division 2, they anticipated at least two years of content, I assume. I'm guessing three. And what they do is they budget that up front. And then they know what they're working with as the game comes out and as it continues to live on. So my guess is that this game probably sold well enough to to pay itself off and probably all of its content already. And you know now they just want to try and make more and more profit off of it so it's a viable product, which is how business works, you know. So um, I'm really excited. I, I really think Episode 3 is very crucial for this game and the way it's received and, and what it contains. Um, I, I, I'm glad it seems like they're excited about it. Um, what I will say is also really cool is they talked a lot about how like these UI changes are coming in a unannounced update. Uh, so we know it's not episode three, which is also going to be title update seven, um, which is really nice to know because that means that there's probably a title update eight. And my guess is that title update eight is probably going to be um, year two, episode one. But maybe not. Maybe they'll do an update in between. Who knows? Um, but I think there's some good stuff coming. I just wish we knew more of what it was. Uh, but I guess good things come to those who wait. Okay, so in some other gaming news this week, there's a lot of talk about the next generation of consoles and the power they're going to be putting out. We really haven't gotten any exacts on the actual like comparison to PC hardware. Um, I think it's... It's, I think it's basically known at this point that uh, the PS5 and the Xbox Scarlet are probably going to be basically the same. Um, my guess is they're going to use essentially the same AMD uh, processor. Um, I want to say it's the it's the it's the it's the current like the the next gen or the the new gen AMD processors that just released a few months ago. Um, you know, obviously by next winter they'll be a year and a half ish old. Um, which really isn't that bad, especially considering um, how incredibly powerful a lot of them are. And I think the, I, I don't know the exact one that they're saying this uh, is going to be in the PlayStation and Xbox, but I believe it's one, uh, it's one of the ones on the upper end. And um, when it comes to RAM, I think they're, um, I don't want to say they're saying 12 to 16 gigs of RAM. I think it's 16 total. I want to say it's like four operating system, 12 for games. And the big thing for both is they're going to have um, solid state drives, which for anyone who has a PS4 who's replaced their hard drive with a solid state, or even anyone who's using the USB 3 um, connection on the Xbox to a, a solid state drive, um, you know how much that improves um, your load times and stuff. And it seems like both PS5 and Scarlet are going to have some proprietary uh, SSD or solid state systems um, that they're I assume both going to claim it loads games faster than the other. So um, I'm super excited for it. I, I've said quite a bit that I think this next generation of consoles is going to be the closest power-wise that the consoles have ever been on release to like the average PC. Um, I'm sure, you know, Linus Tech Tips and all these guys are... You know, they're going to come out, they're going to tear them down and look at the hardware and be like, well, we could make this for $400 if we go on Craigslist and find, you know, a deal, you know, but um, I think for the average person, this is going to be really good, especially because I'm suspecting both systems are going to allow people to use um, keyboard and mouse a lot more than they currently do. 
And um, I think that uh, that's going to end up making things a little different uh, when you talk about games like Call of Duty, even games like Division and stuff like that. Um, the extra little detail that seems to have been like sort of confirmed is that Xbox is going to release a digital only uh, system as well. And what's interesting is that the power is actually expected to be a bit less than the current Xbox One X. Um, and so my theory has been for a while that they're going to continue to maybe even produce and sell the One X. So you'll have this digital only, that's like the the baseline model that can play all the quote unquote new stuff. You'll have the One X, which is a little bit more powerful, but also has a disk drive if you want that. And then you'll have the Scarlet, whatever they're going to call it. And it's going to be the big daddy. Um, I believe that, you know, from teraflops, quote unquote, I believe it's supposed to be three or four times more powerful than the One X, which, I mean, the One X isn't like a powerhouse, let's be honest. Um, it is better than the original Xbox One, but, you know, it's still, um, you know, it struggles to do, you know, 30 FPS, 4K, quote unquote. Um, in case you don't know, the 4K games on uh, on Xbox, you know, like even Division 2 and stuff, uh, they're technically 4K, but they typically are being... Um, you know, they're using some tricks to get 4k, um, and they have a lot of the little special features, um, turned off. Uh, and, and hopefully, uh, if these new gen systems are powerful, um, as powerful as they say, uh, that won't be the case. Now they're already promising like 8k games. I'm going to be straight up. I'm not going to own an 8k monitor, uh, maybe ever, <laughs> but definitely not anytime soon. So I really hope they focus more on like, 1440p like 2k or 4k 60 fps or maybe more um that should really i mean i think the base standard for the next gen needs to be 2k 60 fps solid um i, I don't know why 1440p is such a neglected resolution um for most people it's more than i know on my pc gaming i only shoot for 1440p uh and 60 fps that's my goal and my current setup should be able to do that for the next like five to 10 years, uh, probably being a little hopeful with the 10 years, but, um, yeah. So, you know, try to get past some of that silly stuff, but I, I'm excited. I think the, I mean, 2020 is going to be fun for games. You've got cyberpunk coming out. There's a whole bunch of games coming out, um, as this generation kind of ends. And then we're going to have, you know, the next big step generation wise at the end of the year. Um, and you're talking about games like Halo Infinite and hopefully a bunch of other cool exclusives for Sony and Microsoft coming out. Um, yeah. So, uh, the game awards are coming up. Jeff Keighley. Uh, I actually really enjoyed watching these last year. It was the first year I'd watched them. Um, I heard that in the past, they were a bit cringy. Um, but honestly, I thought that they were really fun to watch last year. Um, they're a little silly, uh, but no more or less than any of the other award shows. So, um, I, I'm excited to watch it. I'm probably not going to stream it. I may even not be able to watch it live. Uh, but the big debate that's been going on is talking about what should be game of the year. Um, it seems like most people are leaning towards Death Stranding. Um, I, I'm not a PlayStation gamer, so I haven't gotten to play it. Um, I, I, that's fine. It seems like it pushed boundaries, even if everyone didn't like it. Um, another one, kind of a Dark Horse candidate, I think is Control. It's actually not a game I've played, but I've watched a lot of it. And I've read a lot about it just because it seems like the way the game was made was kind of unique. Um, 
personally, I would actually say, like for me, of all the games I played this year, the one that made the biggest impact on me was actually The Outer Worlds, which I believe is nominated but is not going to win. <laughs> so, which is fine. It, it, it you know, it, it was a little short. It was a little not expansive enough to, you know, it didn't push any boundaries really. Um, but it was just a really tight, solid game. Um, and I really hope, and I assume we're going to get an outer worlds too, um, on the next gen systems, I'm sure in two or three years. Um, and if they can really pump some development into that and expand it and make it interesting, I mean, the characters are just so fun. Like Parvati, like Parvati might be one of my favorite characters I played with in a game, maybe ever as like a, companion so um you know it, it's the the game of the year for me is outer worlds obviously as much as i'd love to say division two division two is almost everything i've wanted um obviously i would love a lot more than what we've gotten um, i think in the long run it's gonna be one of my favorite games ever just like division one was um but when it comes to like a sit down and a, enjoy it experience um outer Worlds just really knocked it out of the world if you know what i mean uh, and then the last little bit of news, I am so sorry. Uh, the last bit of news this week is that we found out there is a new Bioshock coming. So 2K has opened a new studio, uh, opened, quote unquote, it's been around. It, it sounds like this new Bioshock has actually been in development for a few years. Uh, and there's a new one coming. So um, if you've never played the original ones, I think they still would hold up really well. I really enjoyed Bioshock 1. Didn't care for two as much. Um, and Infinite, I know a lot of people dogged it because they said it was just a shooter. It just got generic. Um, and that's not false. But man, it was such a pretty game. And I really enjoy the way the stories are so crazy and just have so many twists and rolls and turns. And um, it, it's it's I'm, a new Bioshock would be great. Um, we've been underwater, we've been in the air, so I am kind of curious to where they're going to set this one. Um, I, I, I suspect it's going to be in like a big bunker or something, maybe like a city, like on the ground, <laughs> um, but that seems like a little too boring for Bioshock, so we'll have to, uh, we'll have to wait and see. And you'll, you know what else we're going to have to wait for? We're going to have to wait for this 30 second mid-roll. We'll be right back. Okay, so we'll hit some community topics, do some listener questions, uh, a couple content updates, and then we're going to wrap this baby up. Uh, so the main community topic I saw this week um, was actually talking about the hardcore mode. Um, it seems like most of the feedback is really positive. It's um, it's something people wanted. It's something different. At the end of the day, you know, I've speculated that I think they basically put this out knowing it's something people would like. And to kind of make up for what has been a kind of lacking um, episode one and two content. Um, even in the state of the game 141, they talked about how they could have waited to give us this in its finished form, which was is probably a year away, is my guess. They didn't say that. I'm speculating. Um, so I'm glad we've gotten to see it in an early state. Um, unfortunately, people aren't very good at recognizing that this is a beta and I can tell some of the feedback has been um, very uh, presumptive or assuming this is like the final version of, of what we're getting. It's obviously not. Um, if anything, it seems like the bare bones version of what this is meant to be. Um, 
but it seems like for the most part, people are enjoying it for what it is, what, what it is. Um, most of the negativity I've seen has mostly been along the lines of like, this was a waste of development time and blah, blah, blah. Uh, that's, that's fine. If that's how you feel. Um, I just don't, I don't think that's a, a very good take. If you want me to be totally honest, I think it's, um, you know, they even said this was kind of a side project for a lot of the devs. Um, I suspect these are people working on other big parts of the game. Um, probably stuff we don't even know about who decided to kind of put this together on the side. I'm under the impression, and I hope I'm not going to get in any trouble for saying this. Um, I'm under the impression this is kind of how survival started in division one. I'm not really under the impression survival was meant to be, uh, a thing really. It just kind of came from like, Hey, what if we did this? And then it turned into what survival was. Um, and I think that's actually how hardcore is going. And I have this kind of little, I have this little feeling in my gut that eventually hardcore may end up turning into a thing that ends up being the main thing that people like about the division. Um, it may even turn into like a, you know, a division three is essentially a hardcore, uh, version of the game, probably with some changes. Um, for me, um, one thing I would kind of like, um, and, and this is basically probably going to annoy a lot of people who like it, but I really like the idea. And I think I mentioned it last week of if you died, say you're level five and you had gotten a bunch of gear that you were working really well with, you know, cause you have to be much more selective of your gear now. It's not just everything you pick up, you put on, because especially as you get up, it, you're going to be able to kind of specialize your builds. Um, and, and you may actually hold on the gear a bit longer. But if you say you died at level five, you lose everything you have. Um, all the gear, all the guns, attachments, uh, maybe not attachments, I don't know. With the way the current system is, that might not work. Um, but like gear mods and stuff like that. And you respawn at level five with like this like gray crappy gear that is like base minimum level five gear. So now you got to go back out and get good gear. Um, I don't really know if that would fully satisfy most people. I think that um, I'm basically thinking of like kind of like an escape from Tarkov type of deal. Uh, I've been playing a bit of that lately. I've seen a lot of people talking about it. So maybe I'm a bit obsessed with it. But um, I think it's definitely something that would be uh, a really cool idea. Um, I have already seen some people on the the in the community showing how there's people that are hitting level thirty before they even um, uh, before they even get out of that initial like dock area um, from opening apparel caches. Uh, I think it takes like uh, it takes some absurd number of them. Um, I mean, if that's your prerogative. I would like if they would patch that out because, you know, that just seems like it's not in the spirit of what they are building, building this game, this mode for. Um, but if I've learned anything from gaming in general, but especially the division over the last three, four years is that, um, if, if you put it out, they will find a way to break it and, and to abuse it and to, and to do it the way that you did not want them to do it. So it is what it is. I think it's a cool mode. I'm excited to see what happens to it. I hope this is kind of like a long-term project. Maybe it was something meant for like a year three and that they're showing us now and it's going to develop and then we'll see a final form like at the end of year two or at the beginning of a year three. We'll have to wait and see. 
no need to uh, presume too early. Okay, so we have uh, some listener questions from uh, Ginger Murdo on Discord. Uh, we have five questions, so bear with me here. The first one, um, does people exploiting glitches in the game piss you off? For example, the one being used to uh, level up quickly in hardcore um, and to get gear for their non-hardcore agent, uh, or are you happy uh, to just uh, do your own thing? I mean, it's kind of a mix. Like I just said, I mean, the thing I've learned about this game and this community in all games in all communities is that if there's a way for people to break things and abuse things and exploit things, they're going to do it. Um, one thing I've always kind of wished with the division is that I, I kind of, I've always kind of wished that they'd be much more um, ban hammery about this type of thing. Um, there's a lot of exploits that people have done um, where there's no like mistakenly doing it where oh whoops i accidentally leveled my hardcore character to 30 like it's not you know um i really wish that when there were these opportunities uh i i understand that there's probably a point of view of like well they put it in so i should be allowed to do it uh and if they don't fix it fast enough that's not my fault um but that's kind of like you know i like going 105 miles an hour in a 45 zone if if they didn't want me to go 105, then I don't know. My car couldn't go 105. I don't know. That's a terrible comparison. But I just I think I wish that they would just ban people more, um, or make examples or take away someone's entire all their gear. Like that's always been something I would I've I've wanted to see is that when people abuse things to get gear and and level up and and to do those type of exploits, I've always wished that they wouldn't even delete their character necessarily. I just wish they'd wipe their entire uh, everything from their from their uh, uh, their character, or just wipe them down to zero, or wipe them, you know, wipe that character off their account. Be like, nope, sorry, you used it to exploit. You can you can start over again if you want. Uh, I guess then they would just exploit back to thirty. But I don't know. So it it does piss me off. Um, but at this point, I'm I just expect it. Okay, second question. What do you think year two will have for Division 2? We know there's no survival coming, uh, but I think they'll have to think of something really fresh to maintain interest. Please not battle Royale. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I, I've talked about this before. Um, I'm not really creative enough. Um, I think there's kind of a consensus um, that people want just replayable content, and so since we know we're not getting like a direct survival or underground sequel, um, I think that, uh, you know, they'll have to fill that role some other way, which I think they can. Uh, people have really like almost like fetishized survival and underground. It's, it's almost like a lot of people think that if it's, if, if, if those two things don't come out, then the game just doesn't have a chance. Um, and I, I just have more faith in the developers of the game. I, I, I think that they can learn lessons from those two modes, which were both very much less than perfect, um, had lots of their own issues. Um, I think they can take lessons from both of those and apply them to the game and other modes and provide us some really cool content um, that we can really enjoy. So um, I, I don't know what that is exactly. Uh, I, I'm curious myself. Um, like I said before about episode three, how important episode three is. Um, I think what's just as important is that with year two, when they announce it, um, we, we can't just get some vague, like, oh, year two, three episodes with new 
areas to play and new game modes. We, they, they can't do that again because with year one, it's been a disaster. Um, even now, we don't know. We actually don't know what year three is or what episode three is. Um, all we know is it's in New York City and we're hunting Keener. Um, essentially, that's all we know. We don't know what type of if it's going to be narrative. We don't know if it's going to be some type of replayable mode. We don't we don't know anything about it. Um, and, I, and they've always kind of played it off like it's it's fun if it's a mystery. Um, but that's I don't like that personally. The same way as I don't like how they're treating Kinley College like it's some exclusive fun mode to play. And it's only around for a week at a time. Kinley College kind of sucks. And treating it like it's some exclusive thing to do is kind of lame. And honestly, it's, I don't know, it's it's borderline insulting. <laughs> um, I hate it. I really don't like it. It should just be available. It should just be open um, for, so that people can play it whenever they feel like. Because honestly, I, and I mean this in the nicest, kindest way to the people who built and made Kinley College um, and, and did it. But they should be thanking anyone who goes in there and plays that um, and not kind of disrespecting people who want to play it by only allowing it to be around a limited time. Um, so I don't know exactly what they're going to bring out for year two, uh, but it needs to be good, which is the most like annoying thing to say ever <laughs> to a game dev. Um, but it also needs to be very transparent. I don't need to know the details of every bit of the story. You know, you can hide all of the important stuff that you need to hide about content, but you can still inform people about what's coming because I'm telling you if they do a year two and it's some vague, mysterious bull crap, the way year one has been, um, which I mean, I, maybe now we know why they were so vague about it because um, it wasn't very good, at least episode one and two. Um, if they do that again with year two, people are not going to buy in because I think year two is going to be paid. Um, even if it's only 20 or 30 bucks, you know, you aren't going to convince people to do it unless you give them a good reason to do it. Uh, your third question is how long before crossplay games becomes the norm? It's improved the work with Modern Warfare Rocket League, so why not make it more mainstream? I think it'll be something uh, that's more PS5 Scarlet and they're treading the waters with it now. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. I think that they've kind of proven um, through Activision um, and through some other games, uh, specifically with Call of Duty, um, as well as a few others, that it's a good system. Um, I think the biggest complication is how they accomplish it. So, like with the Division, the way you would have to do it is everyone who would log in, um, when you play Division 2, you would actually log into your Uplay account, and you would use that username in-game. Uh, that's how Activision does it with Call of Duty. Uh, and I suspect that, I actually suspect on the game side of things, it's probably not that difficult to make this work, but on the like account management side of things, like what are you gonna do with people who have multiple, you know, who have a PC and an Xbox character? Can they merge them or they have to pick one or the other? Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's inevitable or inevitable. Um, I think that we're going to eventually have cross play with everything. Um, it's good for gamers and I hope that people keep pushing for it. Uh, you said, <laughs> question four, the division movie, good or bad. So it's going to be a straight to Netflix movie, which isn't necessarily a death sentence. Um, there's some movies on there that are great. 
Um, there's some TV shows that they produce that are great. Um, I think probably good because the director is the guy who did um, the second Deadpool, and he did work on um, the uh, oh I can't think uh, John Wick movies. Um, and and he's 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 done. I really like Deadpool too. I thought it was great. Um, I like the way that it was the, the way it told the story and you know the way it was shot and stuff. It was really cool. So it seems like his vision is cool. Um, I think he actually did Hobbs and Shaw as well, which I heard a lot of good things about. I'm not really a Fast and the Furious guy, but supposedly it's pretty good. So it still has the director. It was supposed to have anyways. Um, and it supposedly still has its two lead uh, stars. Um, and I I think as long as they uh, so it's a Jake Gyllenhaal, um, and the lady from Zero Dark Thirty. Uh, I don't know. You guys can correct me. Um, but I think it I think it looks good. Uh, you know the it looks good. We don't know anything about it. Um, I I think as long as they keep that core together, it could be really cool. Um, I kind of hope it's like a prequel, um, where it kind of like it ends with the beginning of the disaster. Um, it, maybe it even follows Keener um, going back uh, on the shade agency and, and kind of turning. Um, I suspect it's going to be kind of like a, you know, hunting, uh, you know, Trinanko or, or really more, um, you know, going after the people who actually spread it. And as things were kind of going down the tubes, um, I, I suspect it's going to involve showing the disaster happening. Um, it could be something that happens like in the division two timeline. Uh, my biggest fear is that it's just going to be something that says division on it and it's going to be something completely different. So I'll say good until I have a reason to say bad. Uh, and then the final thing here. What are your thoughts on the possible new Splinter Cell in the works? So I've actually never played a Splinter Cell game. Um, I bought one uh, on backwards compatibility and played a bit. Um, it was cool. I liked it a lot. I think it was Blacklist. Um, I'm pretty sure. Um, and it seemed fun. It blows my mind that we got that we went a whole generation without a Splinter Cell game. Um, it seems like if one comes out, it's not going to be until next gen. Um, it's such a big franchise it's just weird um so cool i'm not gonna complain it's not exactly 100 percent my type of game but from what i played i enjoyed it and um I, I just fear that and i hope that after this big change after breakpoint came out and it was such a disaster um, my biggest fear with splinter cell is that it, we would find out it's coming out in the next like two years and it was going to be just another generic open world crappy ubisoft like experience um obviously i like the division um but what they what they kind of did to far cry and now what they did to ghost recon i think they would have done the exact same thing to splinter cell but it seems like they've kind of had an awakening um and and it i mean from the last thing i saw is they literally said that studios now need to pitch you know the main office the games they're making and if they aren't different enough from everything else that's out uh, they're just going to reject it. So I really hope that's a good thing for Splinter Cell. Uh, that's a that's a franchise everyone everyone wants to see come back. And um, I'll be happy to see it come back. 
Uh, thanks for the questions, uh, Ginger Murdo. Uh, if you or anyone else has questions for the next episode, uh, be sure to ask in my Discord and the YouTube comments. Uh, I post a opportunity for people to ask on Twitter uh, and uh, my Patreon as well. Okay, so for a couple quick content updates, um, I do have the giveaway uh, to the Tommy Teddy Plush uh, Division 2 official merch. It ends, I believe, on Monday. Uh, so check out my Twitter um, to enter. That is Monday the 16th. Um, my Twitter is at Bond Diesel, and uh, there's like eight different ways you can enter. Um, if you can't tell, I've been sick and life has been a bit crazy, so streams this week didn't go too well. Uh, last week, I actually hit all three of my streams, I believe, um, but this week, you know, it's just not happening, and I apologize. Uh, you know, my goal is for the new year to get back on a normal schedule. Uh, I'm not big on resolutions, so uh, don't see it like that, but definitely see it as me. Uh, doing my best. Uh, I also kind of hope uh, that there's going to be division stuff for me to play. <laughs> it's kind of a dual, a dual hope there. Uh, okay, so let's wrap this thing up. Um, if you want to support the podcast or my other content, please check out my Patreon at patreon.com slash theechocast. If you are on iTunes, please rate the podcast and leave a review. Or if you're on any other platform that allows you to rate it and review it, please do. Uh, I am on uh, Twitch as Bond Diesel, where I try to stream three times a week. I am also on Twitter as at Bond Diesel, where you can catch my general thoughts on the game, state of the game live tweets, and the occasional foot in my own mouth. Last, if you want some cool The Echo Cast or Bond Diesel merch, check out bonddiesel.live slash merch. And uh, that's all I have. So, until next time. I'm <laughs> going